This week on the Business of Lifting Weights, we discuss building a rock star staff that helps power a successful gym. And real quick, guys, before we get into the episode today, uh, just make sure that you go onto our iTunes page, the Business of Lifting Weights podcast, and uh, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll be notified anytime we have new episodes. How's it going, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. We are the owners of Performance 360, and we are back with episode 33 of the Business of Lifting Weights. Today, we're going to talk all about how to build a great staff. I know we've mentioned it, well, spread throughout a lot of the podcasts that we've done, yep. but today we're going to kind of zone in on that specifically and talk about things that we think about as far as our hiring process, our educational process how we create coaches and, and how that system works for us. And I think there'll be some good takeaways for other gyms, regardless of kind of what your niche is. And I think it's pretty obvious, but your staff is like so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the common things that people say about us is after they try the gym or after they're here for a while is they just love the coaching staff. So right. put everything else aside, that is a major portion as to why people stay. And you have to work really hard at that. You have to work really hard at that from a training perspective as the owner of the gym as far as training employees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that you don't have to work quite as hard if you select the right people. Yep. Um, everybody has their own uh, strengths and weaknesses. If you're selecting the, the right strengths that everybody has, then the process is a lot easier. But um, I think there are some ways to blow that selection process, which I think we'll get into in a little bit. But... Um, yeah, it all starts with just selecting the right people to make everybody's job easier. And we've done a really good job throughout the years of doing that, but we've also had our few mishaps, if you will, where, uh, we learned from, and I think that we, the new or the philosophy that we take forward is largely based on some of those mistakes. Yeah. And I think like, you know, those mistakes were a huge pain personally and, for the business while they were happening, but I'm extremely glad that they happened because you're able to learn from them. And then moving forward, you're able to create such a more productive staff of everybody on the same page and everybody kind of in it together. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I know one of the things that's really big for us is the cultural emphasis on the person that we hire. Mm -hmm. Our system is really unique. Um, You know, we, so we're an independent gym. We're not a CrossFit affiliate. We're not, we're, we're, we are truly independent. So it's very hard for us to hire coaches because we are like really, really picky and we're kind of snobs with how we hire coaches because we don't want somebody coming in with the wrong kind of education. We teach things very differently than certain places. Some, some are similar, but for us, culture is everything. So we want to make sure that we get that aspect of it right before we bring somebody on board. And I know we've passed on hiring people with really, really good qualifications because they weren't a fit before. Right. And, you know, if it was something where they had been with us or been around us for a while um, and they really understood us, they might be a fit. But um, coming from the outside, they weren't a fit right away. And I think that's very important. They need to be be able to be integrated and just click right away. Otherwise, it's going to be a long road ahead. Yeah, it's like, and, you know, we have a coach on staff right now who is who was hired outside of our culture. He was not a member and was not an athlete in our gym before being hired and it's working very well, yep. but there was definitely a steeper onboarding process and steeper immersion into 
the people in the gym and the members and the culture, whereas people who are already a part of the culture, they adopt rather instantly. Yeah, I don't remember the time frame specifically, but it was quite a while before uh, he was fully trusted and kind of fully uh, embraced by the community. And that's through absolutely no fault of the individual. Right. It's just like, you know, our our gym and our members are used to a certain type of person as a coach. And when they see a stranger, it's like stranger danger. Like yeah. <laughs> you immediately just throw up a wall. Like, and who you, is this you, guy? You just immediately doubt it for some reason, which is like an aspect of human behavior that I have kind of learned running yeah. a gym that people's natural inclination is to look for what's wrong as opposed to what's right. And that guy could, like that, that guy or girl could have just a ton of certifications and knowledge behind them. But, um, there's still that barrier to get over from a culture personality standpoint that, you know, that, that was the tough part was um, just adopting him and getting people to know him, to mm-hmm. get, really get to know him. Right. So I guess like the easiest way to, to outline this would be just to explain a little bit about our hiring process and the certification um, so that people can kind of have a little bit of a, a scope of what we're talking about. Yeah. So we have our own internal certification. It's our FCC program. And what we do at Performance 360 is we are a very big fan of taking our members and turning them into coaches. Mm-hmm. So our typical process is somebody who's been a member for two years. They've developed as a very, very highly high-performing and highly capable athlete. So that part is already built. And then we take that and we take all that experience and then we provide the education for it. So mm-hmm. it's you know, a 300 page manual that took us many years to write. It's a 90 day process where they shadow classes, where they act as an assistant coach in the classes, where they're practicing behind the scenes on their walkthroughs, where they're going through kind of our whole philosophy of coaching. And then they take tests, different kinds of tests, written tests, verbal tests. Once they've passed that process, then they're a coach. So that 90 days of that education, it is kind of a formality for our coaches because they have gone, they've been a member of the gym for two years mm-hmm. and we place such an emphasis on teaching and having members learn that they've absorbed so much of it just by coming to classes and learning from the coach that's already there that once they're actually handed the manual and the material, it's just kind of review nature, and processing yeah. it and kind of, okay, that's why we do this. Like that makes a lot of sense. It's not, it's not brand new. And typically that two years is on the low end, you know, I would say a minimum. A lot of the coaches that we've developed and brought on have been members for what, three, four. Yeah. The last, the last three was four, five and three years. Um, And it's just, it's amazing how easy that is once somebody is skilled technically um, to be able to take the educational aspect of it. So that is, that, that is and I, I'm aware that we're very different than a lot of other gyms and mm-hmm. a lot of gyms listening might not be able to relate to that. But I want to go back to the episode with Christmas Abbott that we had where she talked about uh, CrossFit Invoke and she does the same thing. Mm-hmm. So she they're, they're an actual CrossFit affiliate. So they are bringing in cross coaches who are level one, maybe two or three certified. Regardless of that, they still go through the Invoke process. Right. And I loved that because you're seeing now in today's gyms, even even for all of our CrossFit listeners, people do things so differently than the CrossFit gym that's right down the street. Yep. So, so some gyms now, the growing trend that we're seeing is people are staying an affiliate, but they're taking the name out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not blank CrossFit, it's blank athletics yep. or it's blank fitness. And 
as as gyms continue to do that, I think it's even more important to establish your own process from within the gym. Because I know many CrossFit gyms that, that don't do kipping pull-ups. Right. And if you're getting a CrossFit coach coming in who just has the certification and they think that that's like extremely weird, right? You they might not buy into that and they might not know how to teach it your way and they they might just have a totally different process. So that is why that cultural emphasis over resume qualifications means so much to us yeah. because all that stuff is the, the literally the lifeblood of our gym. Yeah. I mean, you look at our last few hires and we turned away some extremely high level talented smart people to bring in people that have never coached before. Um, and so far it's just been the easiest transition. It's been so smooth. Um, honestly, it's been like the best process that I've, that I think we've gone through with all of our coaches. It's been, it's been awesome. I mean, it really works. It it really does work. And it's, you know, we'll get an applicant and we'll see, you know, you'll see their, you know, USA weightlifting certified competitive power lifter. They might be level one, two or three fill in the blank. And I'll typically try to like find their social media. I'll try to find them on the internet Mm -hmm. and it's, I'll find their Instagram account and just see like kind of the stuff they post and things that they do. And like, I don't want this to sound shallow, but I judge that. Yeah. And I'll judge just like the type of stuff that they post and the manner in which they do it, the language that's used, not like profanity or anything, but just like, you know, if somebody is like <laughs> beast mode all the time, <laughs> that's just a bottom of the pile you go. Yep. And mm-hmm. you, that those are things that like, you don't, you don't know until you get somebody in the building but I would rather take somebody with little to no experience coaching, but is like so invested and is such a believer in your culture because they have come up through it and they've seen it change their life. It goes back to that saying, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yep. And the the coaches that always get the best attendance in the gym over the course of the years are the coaches who visibly are they just care more within their class. They're more active. They're more hands-on. It's very obvious they're invested in their athletes. Do you see a difference between somebody that is a coach that wants to be a part-time coach um, that may have another job versus somebody that does coaching or fitness or whatever full-time? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, absolutely not. Some of our best coaches that we've ever had are, quote, like part-timers. Right. And it's why, like, I've never shied away from the fact that somebody can be a great part-time coach. Like Brenna. Yeah. She's one of, literally, quite literally, one of the strongest powerlifters in the country Mm -hmm. for her weight class. Um, And she is also a marine biologist. Right. Like, if somebody can show me, like, cause and effect how another job makes you a worse coach, I I can't see it. I mean, there's, I would beg to say that it might make him a better coach because, going back to your point... They're coaching because they want to coach. And you use your time better. When you have less time, you use it better. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're coaching because they want to coach, not because they need a job. So somebody that is in the fitness industry, they're a full-time coach. Um, not to say that they don't care or anything like that, but that is their full-time job. They need a job. We've had so many applicants write in and say, you know, we ask them, why are you interested in, in coaching at Performance 360? And they're like, well, I really need a job. And, you know, I was looking around and you guys look like you have a cool gym. It's like, well, we're not going <clears> to, <throat> yeah, we're not going to hire you because you need a job. But you take those part-timers that they want to get into coaching because they love coaching. They love the gym. They love what they do. So that passion, I think, shines through sometimes yeah. a lot more than full-timers. 
I agree 100%. I've, we've had lazy-ass full-time coaches. Yep. And it's like I've never – like that's almost kind of a turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to say turnoff, but it, it I examine that much more closely um, because, number one, I'm kind of like um, if – if you're full time in this, why don't you have so much more going on? Right. If this is like all that you're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like you look at, you talk about the passion. Like we have a coach on staff now who, I mean, it was difficult for us to be able to pay him because he, <laughs> yeah. he made getting his payments set up so challenging because he's like, I'm not doing this for the money. I don't need the money. Like, don't pay me. Yeah. We're like, first of all, that's illegal. So we're not going <laughs> to do that. But second of all, like we're going to pay you. Yeah. And it was just like, you, you get that aspect of people yeah. that like, like think about that for a second. Like we had a coach that did not give a shit about getting paid. Yep. And it's like that guy was uh, part of our culture. He saw changes and improvements and he really believed him. He came from a different gym background. Yep. Um, and it's just that, that part is just, it's so important. I totally forgot about that, that he like, I had to ask him seven or eight times to hand in his yeah. direct deposit forms and all that so that we could pay him. And he was yeah. just like, I'm good. Finally, I was like <laughs> a dick about it. I'm like, get your shit in so we can give you money for your services. <laughs> like why? Is, I can't believe this is difficult. Uh, um, but yeah, so, so culture is everything to us. We, we, we really recommend it. Everybody out there, I'm positive. If you're listening, you have your own unique culture, regardless if you're part of a lot of a, of a brand that's bigger than you, you're doing things your way in there. So get some sort of process to evaluate coaches and onboard them. If you're CrossFit gym in the level one, that's your standard. Totally fine. Always have your coaches do that, but have something in place of that. Make that the minimum, the barrier to entry yep. and have something in place that you make everybody pass and go through to ensure that while every coach's personality is different, the overall experience in your class is going to be the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the certifications out there, a lot of them teach different stuff, different theories and all that. So if you have no base level requirement for your coaches to come in that isn't the same, then you've got some coaches teaching one way and some coaches teaching another way. Um, So that kind of brings us to that next point of unified education. So, um, you know, we created that FCC program. Talk a little bit about the FCC program and kind of what it does. Um, Well, I'm a little biased since I wrote it. I love it. (laughs) I think it's awesome. But as someone who didn't write it, I can concur. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> but we have, so, you know, while some coaches that we do hire come to us with just as a background of an athlete, a lot of coaches already come to us with many, many certifications, with many weekend seminars that they've gone to and they have their own education. Uh, we like that because they're bringing like their, their ingredient to mm-hmm. the whole recipe. Yep. And um, I think that's important. So, Having different backgrounds and different experience levels is a huge asset for your gym. We talked about uh, Brenna, who's a coach of ours, and all the, the powerlifting competition that she's done. Julianne is our head coach. Her basis was a really deep knowledge of human anatomy and movement and mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's able to take that background and apply the education that she's received here and create this kind of her own version of the fitness that we're doing. Right. Um, that, that's a bad way to put it, but she has her style to it that you can, you can tell her background and that comes through. Yep. 
and um, you can tell like Brenes comes through and everybody has their own background and, and it helps them be able to to kind of relay their information in their own kind of unique way, but, yeah. but arriving at the same point so that everybody's receiving the same teaching. Right. That, that makes perfect sense. So, um, it, it, yeah, it goes back to that unification of everybody is is ultimately learning the same thing and they're getting the same education and they're learning how to be a coach the way that we want them to learn to be a coach, but they're coming in with their own knowledge base. So. And it's cool because a lot of a lot of our members come to us with questions about, you know, some very general stuff, but also some very specific uh, specific ideas or questions or whatever that we can divert them to a coach that is, you know, if you want to call them a specialist in mm-hmm. that. Um, for example, Will comes with kettlebell experience and like kills kills kettlebell everything. So, you know, if we have a question about specifics on kettlebells, we can always send them to Will's way. Um, and then, like you said, Brenna with powerlifting, Julianne with that human anatomy, yoga, mobility, all that stuff. Chris has like a, the mis- Mr. Man of Mystery with like all these yeah. different awesome things that he's done. Um, it's just really cool to have all these different experiences, uh, but unified in that similar education and similar uh, way of teaching and you know, all that is because of that FCC that we put them through. Yeah, and I think that goes into the next point of giving coaches autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's a very fine line, yep. um, but part of having a great staff is letting people do their thing. Yep. And so that our FCC program, it is the foundation. It's like floors, ground level one, two, three, and four. But then everything on top of that, we let the coaches kind of do their thing. You yep. know, they might teach like a slightly different grip set up for the deadlift mm-hmm. and it's not conflicting. It's just different. It's a different perspective. Somebody can go to that class and maybe be exposed to that and say, Oh, this works a lot better for me or this doesn't work as well. I'm not going to do it that mm-hmm. way, but giving people the autonomy to run their classes the way that they want to run them, allow their personality to come through, not muzzle people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, we have a good menu of specialty classes now and, my goal with the that is to always find coaches to give charge of for that, whether it's you know the programming of it, coaching it every week. Um, I'm a big believer in giving coaches something to program. Yeah. Um, you know, every Saturday the coach programs their own workout with mm-hmm. it. So find ways to get your coaches involved in that um, and, and get them contributing to that overall kind of fitness process. Especially if they're interested in that kind of stuff. If somebody is interested in programming to some degree, if you just shut them off entirely over time, that's going to build up to, you know, them being a little bit upset Mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling like they're not contributing to the level that they want to. Yeah. I would would agree with that. And I I agree with that. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. And, uh, like you said, coaches that teach Saturday program the, their own workout, um, so then that makes that Saturday class like really fun on a different level because you're getting kind of all these little different uh, styles and that their personality comes out in the actual workout, which is fun, <clears throat> excuse me, fun for the member showing up as well. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, understanding that like, you know, I, I do believe people are looking for direction. They're looking for something to follow and they're looking for a lane mm-hmm. in which to stay in. But within that, people kind of want to take their own routes with things at times. And you got to have that balance of letting people do that. Even if like, you know, it might not, might not be exactly what you want to see. Right. What about playing music? Do you give them, do you like the autonomy of giving them ability to choose their own music? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, it's been, 
cleaned up a little. Yeah. And that, like, some coaches we used to have were just treating it as, like, a, literally a joke. And that <laughs> used to just drive me insane. But, um, yeah, I like the autonomy music. I, I know it used to drive you drive you crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I forgot. Yeah. We could probably go into a 10 minute rant on that. But <laughs> I think I walked in. Yeah, I walked into one to a recent coach who I love if they happen to be listening to it. And they were playing, uh, Live poetry reading. <laughs> Somebody literally reading poetry over the stereo and open gym. I just walked straight in and turned it. Yeah. Like, nope. This mm. this will not be happening. Yeah. So that I love the guy, but I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? So that's a that's a great example of where that fine line exists. Right. It exists when deaf poetry jam <laughs> is being played to get people pumped up for deadlifts. Um. Anyway. Okay, so what was that? I said anyway. <laughs> yeah. So first three points, cultural emphasis over impressive resumes, a unified education with different backgrounds. Uh, third point, giving coaches autonomy to do their thing. And the fourth is sharing. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Um, so this is one I know that like you and I are constantly talking about offline. Like, I would say for me it gives me anxiety because I, I want to keep people – I want to always do everything that we can to give coaches their due and to recognize their efforts and to share in the growth of the gym. Yep. Um, and it's tough. You know, we got 14 coaches. We do well with the gym, but like we don't do like we're not Scrooge McDuck swimming in money. <laughs> There's no money pit that we're just running around in. Yep. So, you know, we're a small business. We, we like to keep things tight. But one of the ways that we're able to, in my opinion, effectively do that is through our bonus system and our profit sharing plan. Yep. So why don't you talk a little bit about those um, and kind of how we do that? Well, there's kind of, like you said, two different things that we do. Um, first off, our bonus system. So at the end of every month, um, depending on a few different factors, we get the coaches gift cards every month. Um, and we actually do that rather than provide them a little bit extra money in their paycheck because there's something about getting a gift card that is very separate from a paycheck. Um, and so you take that gift card every time you swipe it at Chipotle, uh, you're, you know, there's that subconscious being like, sweet, this is mm -hmm. on the gym's dime. And it kind of, it, it builds a little bit more um, gratitude for that, if you will. Uh, the second thing that we do is once you're here for a certain amount of time, um, based on how many classes you've coached and all that stuff, uh, you actually share in the profit of the business every month. So uh, that do that does go through on the paycheck. But um, you know, the whole goal is you want to keep coaches as long as possible. If you're constantly churning uh, coaches, that kills the vibe of the gym. Um, people don't trust the coaches as much. So just like we talked about, it took a long time for our members to trust certain people, especially when they come from the outside. So um, the longer you have your coaches, just the more trust and the more kind of community that you've built there. So those two things, um, if we took them away, I don't think that coaches would be like, oh, I'm out of here or anything like that. But it does reinforce that we care about you guys. You know, we're doing uh, everything that we can to um, get you guys as much money as possible um, and basically just share in the success of the gym, which makes them then feel like they're a part of the gym and not just um, you know, a coach that's there to coach. Right. You know, we ask a lot of our staff yeah. and our staff does a very good job because they believe so heavily in what they're doing because they're invested in the direction of the gym so much. And like you said, I, 
I know that they're not there for that. Right. But it is so much easier to ask your your coaches to go above and beyond when you're actually going to reward them for doing that yeah. and not just as an expectation. And I you know, off the top of my head, I think we probably end up allocating 2 to 3 2000 a month, 2 to 3000 dollars a month based on, depending on the month for employee incentives, yeah. I would say. Um, so it, it's a lot of money. And Sometimes like, a little bit more than that too. Yeah, yeah, and like that is, you know, that's directly out of our paychecks. Yeah. So that is something that is a conscious decision because number one, I've worked at places where they have had those bonus programs and it it was amazing how much more bought into it. I already loved the culture. I loved what I was doing, but the fact that the owner was like, I'm going to choose to share in this with you because I recognize that you guys make this company. Like I was such a loyal employee. It's the only place in my life I've ever like been an extremely loyal employee and loved working for. And so I learned a lot about that experience that if you provide a great culture and then on the back end you say, Hey, guess what? For doing all this, you're also going to get a nice little economic bonus. That's going to help you with that. And you get those two things working together and you just get the most, loyal, bought in, attentive staff that you could possibly imagine. So I just, I highly recommend that process. Don't be fucking greedy. Realize that if you're not coaching and you're not doing all the day to day, yes, you're doing very important things behind the scenes, but those people are running your business and you need to make sure that you're, you're doing everything you can within your business um, economics to be able to support that. Yeah. And especially if you go behind the scenes and you're no longer, no longer on the floor all the time, those coaches are literally the face of your business. If they do not, um, you know, do a good job and relay what you want them to relay, then the business isn't going to be successful. Yeah. So like that is, you know, you look at that and you're like, wow, these guys are pretty much everything. So, you know, reward them for that. It's like, I love restaurant analogies, <laughs> I know. but it's like, if you're the chef and you're making these amazing meals and you have these, the staff, people serving it and they're just providing a shit experience, people aren't going to come back. Yeah. Good so point. it doesn't matter how good the food or how good the training is. If it's not being delivered in a manner that is people love, then it's worthless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're a very big believer in that. And Sharing also, not even in the financials, but also just within the process and how things are built within the gym, it's really tough. Like, uh, I'll speak from personal experience. Like, I, when I decide something, I believe in it very strongly. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I think it's very difficult to constantly take everybody's, we should do this, we should do this within your staff but you have to take some of it and you have right. to always be open to it. And there has to be a minor collaboration. Yeah. Like I'll use this as a great example, like Julianne's scheduling suggestion yep. where she came to us and was like, Hey, how about we split the blocks up? Yeah. Like that was very, very few suggestions are going to revolutionize the way that you do things to totally change them and overhaul it. And that did. Yeah. And if, did. if we didn't have a system where coaches could feel comfortable doing that, then we wouldn't have had that huge improvement. So it just goes into like the daily. There's such a, it's such an art of this is what I need you guys to do. This is what I expect, expect you to do. And this is what you can also say, Hey, maybe we're not doing this as as good as we could do it. And that's really hard. Like, I, I don't think like, I don't think we do a perfect job of that by any means, but we do, we have enough of that in place to still get the, 
the suggestions, and I think that that's vital. Yeah. Because um, nobody wants to do something every day that they have that they that they believe they have zero say in. So. Yeah, and I mean, if you're you know everybody's been an employee somewhere where they haven't been happy, and if you're at a place where you cannot feel like you can share ways to make your job better or the gym better or whatever that is, like that's going to build up and that's going to explode at some point mm-hmm. and that's going to be a bad situation. Or even worse, it may never build up and explode. It could just be happening like poisoning you without you even noticing it and yep. then one day you're dead. Yeah. And there's nothing that revealed itself as like a major thing that occurred. It's just one day your culture just started to suck. Yeah. So um, next up on the list, play your gut. My favorite instrument. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to make an air guitar joke. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a terribly long one. It kind of goes into what we've already been talking about. But, you know, I we've, we've had a few instances of hiring where we interviewed a person and it was flawless interview, like high-level stuff. Mm-hmm. But we all three of us just huddled up and we're like, why does this not feel right? Right. And, and we, that was it. Yeah. Like if it was – didn't feel right for any of us. There was a reason for that. It wasn't deeply explored. It was just, okay, you know, let's not do this. And there have been times where, you know, between you, I, and Julianne, two of us have been like on board with somebody and one has been like, I just, they don't feel right. And we even pass on them. You know, it has to be a full on everybody's on board for them to actually come on. For sure. Um, And then on the flip side of that, the one instance where we had to fire somebody, that was another one where yeah. it was just like, you know, we had many months of people kind of formally complaining to us and lots of giving benefits of the doubt until one day it was just like, this is no longer something that passes the smell test. Yep. Like this is, this doesn't feel right anymore. They are these these things keep happening and these things keep getting brought to our attention. Like it's, it's time that we need to act on this. Yeah. And that sucks because like you have your gut and you have your brain and often they're kind of conflicting with what they, they want to tell you. Um, but in any, in any scenario with staff, whether it's like, uh, I kind of think that this person might not be happy for something. Like I'm going to bring some, I'm going to bring it up and see if there's something going on or like, you know, it could be something as large scale as hiring and firing or just daily occurrences as a manager, as dealing with people. I'm assuming you're around your people quite a bit, like play those, play those feelings. If you think something is up in a positive or negative way, find out for sure. Yeah. And in this certain situation that we're talking about, there was a while that passed that I think our gut was telling us it was time to move on. And what you can't do is let, the relationship of however long it's been kind of influence not taking action um, because, you know, we had this person on our staff for a while. Um, You know, we had a good relationship with them, but things started to falter and we, we gave it way too much time. Like when our gut told us that it was time to move on, we should have just acted on it because we let it ride way too long. And that's when things got yeah, worse. That's that's put much better than the way that I put it. Um, and I think it was to our detriment. Had that had that have just been severed right then and there, the Band-Aid ripped off, it would have been much better. Right. But it was pulled slowly and then put back on and pulled slowly. And it was just kind of not a pleasant process for 
anyone involved and I think all because we kind of ignored our gut. And I would honestly, like I would wager to bet that for anybody who does get fired from a position that it's probably something that they should have left prior to that because it wasn't a cultural alignment for them. Wait, what do you mean by that? I mean, like if somebody, if I'm coming to a job and I get fired because I have complaints levied against me many times over, that's probably because I'm not really a fit. Okay. And I'm willing to bet that if that had occurred to me, my gut would have probably been telling me I'm not a fit here. I should probably go do something else. So I think that on both sides of that coin, always listening to your gut if you're in the right place or if you have the right person there. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I think the last point is just continuous training. You know, you and I were kind of talking about that the other day. We had a month that was pretty low as far as a couple of our measurable statistics. And it wasn't like our coaches weren't doing a good job. They're doing a great job of coaching. But, you know, we have certain certain goals that we that we want to hit with, you know, so we have conversions for trials. We have phase one athletes, our new athletes completing tests Um, and we have like tracking internally. Mm-hmm. And so those are the three things that we're always kind of looking at. And it wasn't a great month, not the end of the world, but we just were kind of saying like, man, we wish we didn't have to constantly bring this up, but it's not as if people are choosing not to do it. You just kind of forget about certain things yeah. that you need to do. And it's just, you got to, every couple months, you got to constantly remind, train, hey guys, remember this is the process had a bad month. This is not the end of the world. We're not getting on you, but mm-hmm. just remember this is the process. This is what we need to do. This is, this is what's expected. Yeah. Just hit the reset button every so often. And I've like come from jobs where I've been micromanaged. <clears throat> so I'm way hypersensitive to coming off that way. So right. there'll be times where I'm like, fuck, like I don't want to go up to this person and be like, Hey, did you check this off and do <laughs> yeah. this? But Sometimes you have to, yeah. and I don't think that's micromanaging. I think that's training. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that sometimes people may be a little, if they're anything like me, they may be just too much. They're, they're trying not to do it too much for the sake of coming off as a micromanager right. when you just need to train people. So, you know, let me ask you this. For somebody that's running a gym and they don't have – they don't have an internal client base to be able to pull from. Where do you start? You know, it, you know, if you don't have the membership that we do and you don't have a large group of athletes that you can ultimately train and who want to become coaches, like, you know, going back to when we were at that point, what would you do? It means you're not busy enough to no longer coach. Yeah. So it means you need to keep coaching. <laughs> if, yeah. if, you know, that's kind of my point. honest answer. If you're in there as a fitness person who owns a gym, and you're looking to hire a coach with a hundred members, like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are you not coaching the classes? Yeah. And you know, you might end up coaching for a while, you know, maybe you can find somebody that fits your culture and that you want them to come in and do that. You know, that's, that's not to say you can't do that. Right. But if you're really looking to establish like a process and a culture that doesn't get watered down in its first few years where nobody else is, changing what you're trying to do with the culture, then I think you need to be the person that's there running, running everything. Yeah. I think an alternate option. And I think this is what Cressy performance does. They actually have a internship program where outsiders can come in and apply for the internship program. It doesn't mean that they're a coach, but they go through a similar process that we do for our actual coaches, but that gears them up to, um, 
be a possible coach, if that makes does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I think we talked about that with Pete Dupuis. I know we had him on episode twenty nine. Yep. Um he talked all about like the business aspect of Cressy performance, so plug on that episode to go listen to. <laughs> um but yeah, for sure. I mean I I don't think there's like it's hard. I think that's why a lot of gyms they don't make it. Um you know, you're coaching so much that the business gets neglected or you're not coaching enough and somebody kind of creates a culture that you're not wanting to create. I recognize the fact that it's very hard. So my suggestion would be, you know, we were very lucky in that there were two of us starting out. We yep. had a separation of church and state with what we were doing. If you're, if you're a fitness person, run all the fitness stuff and find a partner, find yep. somebody that you can partner with that can run all the stuff that needs to be handled on the business, on the logistics, um, and free yourself up to be develop that whole that whole fitness aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if it, it is hard, if you're coaching all the classes, you don't really have a whole lot of time for the business development side and growing. Um, but then, if you step away and you work on the business side, then who's that person running the classes? Yeah. It's definitely a challenge. And another thing you can do is like when we have hired our outside coaches now, we tell them come in, train for two weeks, and see if this is a fit and yeah. we'll, we'll see if this is a fit. Yeah. And there's no reason people can't do that. You yeah. know, if somebody is so needs a job that badly where they can't wait two weeks or they can't come in and they're not excited about the prospect <laughs> of it to dedicate two weeks or maybe even a month That's to a seeing flag. if it's a fit, then, then yeah. move on. But yeah. I, I think that could be something that a single gym owner with a hundred members could, could definitely do to, yeah. to see if something works. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's it. I know we planned on a little bit of a shorter one today. Yeah. You have anything further to add? No, no. I, uh, you know, a, a lot of the episodes that we talk about is it goes back to caring. Um, and I think that's another one that as we talked through those points, like a lot of it <laughs> went back to that. Just care about your staff, care about your processes, care about what you do. Um, and that makes such a big difference on every level of the gym. 100%. Um, let's do like a little bit of plugging here. We never really mention where people can go for information, for services, just for anything in general. So um, where can people go if they want to learn more about anything? Um, well, the Business of Lifting Weights podcast, um, we have, what do we have, 33 episodes now um, over the course of about the last year. Uh, just go to the businessofliftingweights.com. Um, hover over that learn button. We have blog articles. We have podcasts. We have a ton of stuff. Um, that will help gym owners of, of any size, um, of kind of any little niche industry there. Um, and for anybody that is interested in the FCC program, we've had a lot of people uh, write to us and just kind of comment on our social media when we mention it and bring it up. Um, if you want to go to perform-360.com uh, slash FCC, um, we'll have a little bit of info there um, and details on when we're going to launch our first certification to the public um awesome guys well thanks for listening and let us know how we can continue to be of assistance thanks guys